0: Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Golf Picks with the Plotniks. I am Dino the Pig, and I am joined, as always, by my brother, the farmer, Jared Plotnick. Jared, we've got the Valero Texas Open this week. We took last week off because of the match play. Of course, I had DJ We made it to the semifinals and got absolutely steamrolled, but all good. I digress. It's time to finally get off the schneid. This is my week. How are you feeling?
1: Feeling great. Uh, One week away from the Masters. How could I not feel great? Uh, One week into having a puppy. Shout out, Tank. This is hashtag Tank Week, hashtag Dog Week. Um, I'm ready to hit a winner. I mean, it's been five weeks. Matchups have been hot. They've been keeping us uh, in the green overall. But uh, we need a little more. We need to we need to hit an outright. It's been five weeks now, so uh, it's time. Couldn't agree more. So that being said,
0: 2022 Valero Texas Open. We're going to TPC San Antonio. We're playing at the Oaks Course. Boy, is this going to be a long track? It's a par 72. Weighing in at about 7,500 yards, we're going to be playing on some Bermuda grass greens overseeded with some poa and velvet bent grass. Your reigning champion, Jordan Spieth. This was the Jordan Spieth coming out party headed into the Masters. He is from Texas. He's a Dallas guy, but as we've come to see, these Texas guys tend to play pretty well here. I mean, even going back, Andrew Landry's a winner here. Charlie Hoffman plays well here. Ryan Palmer, I don't know if they're all from Texas, but they tend to all play this course well year in, year out. I know Jimmy Walker is, and he won here in 2015 as well. So first thoughts, and what do you think about the course uh, and the tournament all, all
1: uh first thoughts these are always tough tournaments week before the masters uh players that are playing the masters probably aren't here to win they're here to prepare themselves for next week and they do that in different ways as true sure you'll talk about undulated greens they have here they that's kind of why they like playing it the week before the masters uh some players like it because it, it's a little familiar um reminds them of augusta trying different things and i mean as we'll talk i, I mean seven of the last 10 winners have been 101 or more so as you can tell uh Pretty much anyone who's 101 or more isn't in the Masters the the next week. So um, a lot of these long shots, of course, are extremely dialed in this week because it's their last chance to get in the Masters with the win. And as we'll get into, not only just some long shots, shout out like Jason Day. Jason Day has the win to get in and uh, some other players that are in that 50 range. So um, other than that, this is a course where I'll be looking. I mean, what's new? Approach play, though, a lot this week. Off the tee to me is not going to matter as much due to the rough being almost non-existent. And uh, other than that, you're going to have to be a good bunker player. There's some deep bunkers here, and you're going to have to putt, as always. So uh, it's kind of what I'm looking for and uh, what I'm thinking headed in my card.
0: Yeah, so what are the tactics that you may see? It hasn't always proven based off of previous winners, but bomb and gouging is a viable tactic this week, as the rough is not too penile. The, and that is a lot of the reason that people have been talking about Bryson as he is one of the big names that is playing this week. Really not a star-studded event. You got Rory McIlroy as your top guy, um, Hideki Matsuyama, Spieth, Corey Connors, Abraham Anser, and then guys after that, a big drop-off. So not too many players playing this week. Most people getting ready for the Masters. Bomb and gouge tactic. I think is something that can work. You'll see a lot of drivers, especially because it's a longer track. So you got to hit it long, but you got to try to hit it straight as well. There can be trouble looming. I mean, we saw, I don't know how many years ago it was. I don't think it was too, too long ago, but uh, when Kevin went into the woods and scored a 16 on a par four. So I think it was a par four. I don't know. But anyways, scoring a 16 on any hole, whether amateur professional or not is pretty pathetic. So there is trouble to be had the the other things that i'm looking at when it comes to the course there's four part fives but only one of them is reachable and and i wouldn't even call it reachable it's potentially reachable well i'll talk about the weather in a second that may dictate a little bit how reachable some of these greens may be on the part fives but they've got a sub one percent equal rate on all four of the par fives and three of them have under 25 percent birdie rates I mean, compared to tour average, that is extremely low. So the par fives aren't really where scoring necessarily may take place. I don't even think that scores will be extremely low. We have seen the last two years here. They didn't play in 2020. Spieth and Connors finished at minus 18 and minus 20 respectively. But if you go back to 2017, 16 and 15 with Chapel, Hoffman and Walker, I mean, we're looking at around minus 11, minus 12. So I don't think that it's not a birdie fest. I don't I wouldn't call it that, but you know, you never really know on the PGA tour, especially when weather comes into play. I think that the I mean the greens are hard to hit, so scrambling is going to be really important, something to factor in as well. And wedge play. Wedge, wedge play, I mean, look at the names that I just rattled off. Spieth, Connors, Landry, Chapel, Hoffman, Walker as your previous winners. And then I'll we'll talk a little bit more about some guys that have fared well here over the course of their career, guys like Ryan Palmer, these guys aren't long off the tee and are just unbelievable wedge players. So going to have to dial in the wedges. And then the last thing to factor in, you talked about putting. Of course, putting big every week. These are some of the slowest screens that they play on the pga tour so guys that putt well on slow greens i know a weird thing to, to actually think about factoring in but some guys tend to jordan spieth number one in well i mean he's a great putter in general but in the last 24 rounds i mean he hasn't been unbelievable putting lately but in the last 24 rounds on what fantasy national calls velcro greens which is the slowest form of green uh, categorization that they can give he ranks number one in the field so um, just something to think about And then lastly, when it comes to the weather, it looks like the weather is absolutely pristine. The only a.m. p.m. shift that I see on the forecast as of right now is Friday. The afternoons look like winds with gusts could get up to 20 miles per hour. So that could be something to factor in if you want to take a guy that is going to be playing Thursday afternoon and Friday morning. All right. That being said. We talked about the course. What are some of the metrics that you're going to be looking at when you're thinking about uh, building your card this week?
1: Yeah, man, touched on them just a little earlier, Brandon. Um, But other than that, yeah, wedges as well. I mean, as you said, be very important on these par fives that aren't really reachable. So a lot of wedges being hit here. Uh, Bunkers, bunkers are really deep here compared to normal. Other than that, the rough around the greens and the rough in general is pretty much non-existent, so chipping around the greens is gonna be very easy. So uh, around the green stats are gonna be a little deceptive this week, which I'm not really looking at. You really want to focus in on good bunker players and not really care about uh around the green in itself. And other than that, I mean you you want guys gaining off the tee, uh, hit it far because, but just make sure it's not completely offline. But the rough around the fairways, if you hit in that, it's literally no big deal. It's just like an Um, it's pretty much non-existent. So, uh, that's really what I'm looking for. Focusing on players like that and, uh, guys coming in with good form and guys that have played well here before, um, a little more than normal as well.
0: As I always like to do, I will build a custom model again this week. The metrics I'm looking at are both strokes gained approach and strokes gained ball striking, which factors in off the tee. I'm, I, I like to go ball striking on my model because I'm also going to go with the driving distance. So that kind of covers the area off the tee altogether. Opportunities gained as always, if you guys have, are just tuning in for the first time opportunities gained any birdie or Eagle opportunity, Within 15 feet, that is either on the green or on the fringe, so just a chance to score. Bogey avoidance, I told you. You talked about it. The bunkers are tough. Around the green is going to be important. Avoiding bogeys will be big, so guys that are good at scrambling, basically. And then proximity on approaches from 75 yards to 125 yards, a.k.a. wedge play. So that is what I'm looking at. Let's dive right into our outright betting cards. Go ahead and lead us off. Jared Plotnick.
1: All right. So um, let's see here. As I mean, we're looking and uh, at the top of the board, I was iffy. Didn't really look at anyone. Answer a little caught my eye a bit. I debated Bryson. Um, I just don't think he's really in there mentally this week and he's still um, getting over his injury. But his off the tee game really excited me. A lot of love for Gary Woodland, but not for me. And uh, I, but I decided to start my card. With Siwoo Kim at 33 to 1. He is just kind of what I'm looking for. Normally Siwoo Kim is either miscut, 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 high finish. But recently, the guy's been playing really well. Um, surprisingly, uh, he's been very consistent. He, I thought he played better in the match play last week than, um, I mean, people would actually think because he didn't advance. But he played great and got steamrolled in one match by someone that made like eight or nine birdies and didn't make it, but, I mean, Arnold Palmer, 26, made the cut at the Genesis, and his three starts before that, 26, 11, 11. He hasn't missed a cut in 10 starts, and then when you look at the Valero, what he's done here, 23rd, 4th, 45th, 22nd, for a guy who, again, notoriously is someone that um, either misses a cut or finishes high, so he has a good track record here, gains putting here at all times, Um, great off the tee player, which, I, as I just prefaced, I like here and a really good approach player. So honestly, after digging a little deeper, he checks all the boxes of all the things I'm looking for. And when his game trends right, I mean, he's shown he can win. So I like Siwoo Kim at 33 to one. I will also be taking
0: Siwoo Kim. I think that having discussed building our cards earlier in the week together, our cards are going to be very similar. So won't dive too deep into it. Uh, One thing I I like about Siwoo Kim, he plays really well at TPC courses, this is a TPC track. He's got a top five finish here. He's gained strokes putting at this event in the last four times he's played it. He's only missed the cut once, and that was all the way back in 2016. I just think that when you you kind of referred to it, you know, if you look at the top of the board, just in general, you know, nobody, you can't, you're not taking Rory at seven to one, and who's taking Corey Connors at 18 to one, and Hideki at 14 to one off an injury. Even Chris Kirk at twenty five to one is a pathetic number. You're already seeing Drafting Sportsbooks dropping a Siwoo Kim at twenty eight to one. So thirty three to one, a good way to pounce on it. I think he's the best player in this, you know, little area right there. And um, that if you're going to start your card the way we are, which is going to be balanced and more long shots, this is the guy at the top of the board that I'd be eyeing with win equity. You know, Bryson is a very interesting guy to take, but I. The injury concerns are there, especially with his prep into the Masters. And I don't trust Gary's game right now, and even in the area. I mean, then you get to guys like Maverick McNeely and Keegan Bradley and Adam Hadwin. I mean, look, I'm not betting those guys below 50 to 1. Are you kidding me? I'm 35 to 1 on a Maverick McNeely? Like, just get out of here with that. So I'm with you. I'm going to take uh, Siwoo Kim to start my card. I will oh, then. Okay go ahead and rattle off my second outright play, and that is going to be good old Jason Day. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to ride Jason Day. You talked about it earlier. You alluded to the fact that he's got to win to get into the Masters. I think that actually means a lot to him. You know, unbelievable putter. He'll, He'll be just fine on those slow greens. I think that slower greens actually help the really, really good putters separate themselves from the average putters. I mean, he's coming in off of two missed cuts, so not all that much to be excited about. But, I mean, before that, a top 25 at Pebble. He finished third at the Farmers. Uh, The game was rounding it to form prior to the Florida swing. But look, Florida swing's over now. So, um, onto a TPC track. Uh, Another guy, you know, uh, this guy uh, is a player's champion. So, you know, we know that he could win at the bit, the highest levels. Hey, I guess that's another thing that we both like. You know, Sibu, a player champion, Jason Day. So uh, we'll ride the narrative there. Give me Jason Day to get a win. Look, guys, I'm just going to preface it right now. I When we do this show, all I do is typically throw out numbers and stats. And guess what? I haven't hit a fucking winner yet. So I'm just going to keep it short. I don't want to say short and sweet because I never can keep anything short, but I'll keep it sweet and to the point. And uh, that's my second play. What, what else do you like? I, I know you're making a balanced build, so you started with Wu at 33. Where are you headed to next?
1: Yeah, start at 33. I, I'm still debating. I've really only officially figured out 80% of my card. I still got one bullet, a uh, one-unit bullet uh, in the 40 range. I'm really between Finau, Day, and Hadwin. Um, so one with you, one and against you, and uh, one neutral. Uh, I still haven't decided yet. I'm going to wait to see how lines drift over the rest of today. but um I mean, like you said about Jason Day, the guys do. Weak field, been playing solid, got to get in the Masters. So I like that narrative. Uh, Fee now, it's just a numbers play if he gets down there. I mean, uh, the guy had eight birdies in his last uh, match play uh, <clears throat> last week before he was eliminated. So that's encouraging to see from Fee now. We know he could turn it at the drop of a dime. And last but not least, I know you, you weren't a fan of Hadwin, but um, I really like his numbers, how he's been playing. Adam Hadwin, in my opinion, after following golf really closely the last five to seven years, he's that player that when he trends, he trends. He's uh when he's bad, he's awful. When he's good, he's good, and he's been really good recently. I, I don't want to make a mistake that I almost made two weeks ago, which was uh when he came, he was I think tied for the lead going into Sunday. Uh, that mistake was I was gonna take him, but I thought, oh my God, Adam Hadwin's only like 55 to one. I'm not taking Hadwin at 55 to one. Don't want to make that mistake, same mistake at 40 to one this week. So I guess if you put a gun in my head right now, I'd be leaning towards Adam Hadwin's going to be the one to round out my card, but you could, as always find on my Twitter, find uh, if you're in our discord, I give out that information. Um, and I'll let you know later this week. So with that being said, though, next on my card is at 60 to one, and we're going to Patton. Kazire. Patton. Cazire. Uh another guy, foreign player. Um, has two three wins under his belt already on the PGA tour. Playing some great golf his last five times out, worst finish 61st of the Genesis. Got a 33rd, 22nd, 32nd, 10th. And what's the one thing propelling him in all these events? Stellar iron play. Um, just gaining a ton of strokes with his off approach, which I love to see. And uh, his putter can get hot and cold, but what's the one thing with Patton? Where's the surface that he's always the best on? It's on Bermuda grass as a Georgia boy. He loves that Bermuda grass, and guess what? He made his Valero Texas Open, or whatever the hell this tournament's called, debut last year, and he came in ninth place. So you can tell he already likes this course. Played here well, gained eight strokes on approach, eight on approach, I repeat. And his uh, approach play has been amazing recently. He checks all the boxes of uh, things I'm looking for, needs a win to get in the Masters. Give me Pat and Kazire at 60-1. to
0: I'm also on Pat and Kazire at the same exact number. Uh, something I was really diving deep on when it came to Kazire is uh, you talked about his win equity and I know that he won back-to-back weeks. I believe it was out in Hawaii. If i if I have that correct, maybe it was the next Right. I think it was Hawaii or the Mexico swing. I think it was a Sony open. And, um, but I was trying to look at, at some trends on where he plays the best and even though he's won at Sony, he finished, I mean, even if we go to last year at Sony, finished seventh. But go to the Texas events and go look at some of his recent finishes. I mean, first of all, we can go straight to this tournament from from last year, and you're looking at a, a, a top ten finish. Aside from that, because there's not that many Texas events they play, the Byron Nelson, AT&T Byron Nelson last year, third place finish there, which is in Dallas. It's TPC Craig Ranch. Um, I keep going back to November of 2020 at the Houston Open, an 11th place finish. So something about this Texas swing tends to really bode well for Pat Gazire. You touched a lot on a lot of the points that I like about him. He hasn't missed a cut in – six events so i like where he's at and that's with losing strokes off the in four straight events the approach play is there i i love a guy who could dial in the wedges and just get extremely hot with the putter he talked about his ceiling with his putter so yeah i mean let's both ride uh pat kazire i never would have ever thought that i would bet on this guy is not my prototypical golfer that i like but uh, i think that he makes sense this week at that number
1: sure for sure and uh to check it was in 2017 before the sony he won a few weeks before at the mayakoba that's what happened it was ah, i said
0: mexico so i didn't
1: know in uh, but yeah close so um, what he won
0: mexico and then hawaii
1: yeah but it was there was like a few starts in between so it was uh, like four weeks apart, I yeah, it i had that's it right
0: close. i just i, I well, couldn't get the
1: uh it's mayakoba and then they take a few weeks off anyways so yeah it was a couple months later he won in hawaii so okay but yeah that's just going to the point where he's the trend player he, uh uh, there's a few guys that are trend players and actually that, that's a perfect transition in my next player and um, I'll rattle him off and I'll let you do two in a row. Cause I, this is actually the rare time we've conversed beforehand. And I know we're on the same golfers again. So this is uh first time this year where um, I think we're on four of the same guys, but yeah, perfect tra- transition here to a foreign player. We're gone. And first time I've ever met him, Kevin Strillman, Strill money, Strel problems. I don't think I've ever taken him in my life, but, um Bermuda's is best putting surface and he's a guy that's just been playing phenomenal gaining all over the place everywhere seventh at the Valspar 22nd at the players 16th at the Honda uh three of his last four events and another guy man he can get hot with the putter when he rolls he rolls and um his irons when they're hot that's obviously the best part of his game so and he's off the tee he's been he's gained an eight straight I see and another guy with uh sorry as my puppy's all over me but good form at Valero sixth place last year eighth place the year before then the worst uh, the year before that was 53rd and that's the worst finish he's had he's made the cut here six years in a row or six out of six with four top 15 finishes but the one thing he lacks on his resume at the valero is a win well, let's get it this week brady why not yeah i'm
0: on Strowman as well i mean the numbers stood out and He was just popping in the model. I love that he ranks seventh in the last 24 rounds in bogey avoidance. That'll be huge here. We know that the the course history is there. I'm not going to harp too much on it. I like Kevin Strillman this week. I'll go ahead and transition to another guy that I'm not going to – this is also in that same range at 45 to 1. Mito Pereira. I don't have to say anything else. Mito Pereira. It's a FOMO bet. We're going to take it every single time. Every time until he wins. This is the one week that I'm probably the most excited to take him at that number, especially because it's a weak field. You know, you could almost call it a corn fairy tour-esque field. And I think the course sets up really well for him this week. So uh, I'm going to be on Mito and Strillman at the 45 range and Kizire. And then, you know what, while I'm sitting at the 45 to one range, I'm taking four of them. And we're going to go with Johnny Vegas, baby, at 45 to one odds. One of my favorite things about Johnny Vegas, besides his name, is his – Uh, ability to putt well on Bermuda grass greens. Uh, Not only that, I mean, this guy is just popping in my model. As of late, he ranks fifth overall, and that's mainly due to ranking sixth in the field in ball striking second in driving distance 23rd on approach. Yep. Those are all the things that I like to see. Now. I also, you know, we talked about the uh, course history and Johnny Vegas doesn't have it necessarily. He's missed a cut a few times. He's got, uh 30 30th place the 34th i don't care i like that he's been playing a lot recently Um he, even in during the wgc last week he went over to corrales and played um not a bad finish there either so you know um i like johnny vegas at 45 i love this range right here at 45 to one i mean if i go bef- like if we try to go under that which we already did we get siwu and then anything from the 50 to 100 just nothing's sexy to me whatsoever i mean I do see. I mean, we didn't. I didn't get a great number on Strillman. He's he's in that range. Davis Riley seems mispriced. That's a little too high, even though he just had a, a good finish. Uh, the reason that everybody's all over Davis Riley is because, um, I guess, either on the Corn Ferry Tour they played at this event one hey. time, or maybe it was when he was an amateur and he won it. I don't care about that. I'm not taking a guy like Kucher or Hoffman or Denny McCarthy, Doug Gimmel. I mean, come on. Those guys don't interest me. Um, I'd rather take four guys at this 45-to-1 range um, and, you know, build a nice, solid, simple card.
1: Yep, they ain't the sexiest tournament, so uh, I'm in that same kind of boat as you. Um, Yeah, obviously, Mito, don't have to say it again, 60-to-1, auto bet, auto bet, auto bet. Love how he lines up at this course, too, from uh, kind of the key stats that I'm looking at. Anyways, we just got to get rid of that atrocious putter. And one of these tournaments, everything's going to click. Why not here to get him in the Masters or back to back wins, Brandon? Um, with that being said, next on my card, we're going down to the 100 to 1 range. I got two bombs out here for you right now. Started at 101. And speaking of terrible putting, we're going with Martin Laird. And boy, man, his putting is just hideous. All you see is just bright red. If you go to uh, his fantasy fantasy national profile, but um, his ball striking is just phenomenal. And his course history here is just even better. Um, maybe I would say probably a better draft Kings play um, than an outright pick, but it's a hundred to one. Why not guy dominates here? He's won here. Um, he's finished high up here and his, he, he just checks out for everything I'm looking for. If we just get for some reason, if he just fixed one putter thing, it's a great number, just like happened with me, Cam Champ, at the 3M last year. Guy was same kind of uh, profile, awful putting, awful putting, and then boom, one spike putting weekend, you win a tournament. So at 101, I could see worse numbers. I'm going with Martin Laird. And are you done, or should I rattle off my last one?
0: Rattle off your last one, then I'll give my, my one long shot.
1: All right. And then we're going to 140-1, to one, and a guy I liked to bet last year, and Brandon would laugh at me, but he'd finish top 20 every time. I think I got a good read on him, and another trend player. We're going with Man Tits, Bo Hossler, baby, 140-1. to one. Another trend player, been trending well, even though I uh, missed the cut last time out at the players. But before that, uh, 20th at the Arnold Palmer, 16th at the Honda, finished at third at the Pebble earlier, and he's the exact kind of player I look for a long shot outright pick. Very volatile with the putter in those three tournaments I just mentioned that he finished top 20, gained four, 5.6, 5.8 with the putter, And his approach play was on in those events, gaining two strokes on average in all three events. So, Bo Hostler, not the best off the tee, but I think you get away with it here if you're just uh, not spraying it completely and you're ending up in that rough that's really non existent. He's just also a guy that I believe, uh, as I try to look it up here in Filibuster, yeah, he's made the cut all three years. He's played here at the Valero. So, nothing, nothing, no great finishes, nothing to write home about, but he's a different player now, I think. And um, the one time he competed, for A win where he went to a playoff with Ian James Poulter was in Texas where Poulter had to hit a 35 footer and pound his chest in order to even get to the playoff, or else Bo Hosler would have a PJ Tour win under his belt. But you know what? That comes this week in Texas. Bo Hosler, 140 to 1 to round out my card. I think he went to Texas. Bo he did. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. University of Texas. So good. You got to love the Longhorns this week. I did. He's been in rec- good recent form of him. I'll still call him Mantit's Hostler forever, but hopefully those Mantit's uh milk now it's gonna you be Mantit. You, you can milk them and uh get some money
1: out of it. So now it's Mantit's first career win at the Valero Bo Hostler. That's gonna be the new <laughs> All
0: right. Well let's see if he could do it versus my long shot. And that's gonna be at 130 to one. Anthony Smotherman. Yeah, most people probably don't know who this guy is. Actually, I don't even know if his fucking name is it's Austin Smotherman. I was
1: literally going to call you out when you were I was like I
0: don't even I just know Smotherman. I love the name, but I was like Austin Smotherman. I was like I don't know where Anthony came from. Um Austin <laughs> see I literally go people probably don't know who he is and I said his fucking name wrong. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to ride with Austin Smotherman here. This is a guy that's coming from the Corn Ferry Tour. Very limited starts on the PGA Tour, but in those limited starts, some pretty nice finishes. Uh, A top 25 at the Valspar excited me. Uh, He finished top – he had an 11th place finish at the Farmers, a top 35 finish at Pebble. Those are some of the things I like to see for a guy who's just getting his feet wet, um, getting his first year on the PGA Tour. I mean, the numbers just rate out insanely, and his his name just kept popping out. In my model last 24 rounds uh, against the field, he ranks fourth overall, and that's mainly due to ranking 10th overall in ball striking, 18th on approach, 18th in driving distance, seventh in opportunities gained. Man, I love everything about that. He ranks 117th in putting. So uh, needless to say, I'm going to need him to make some putts this week and and get some positive um, strokes gained on the putting surface. But Anthony Smotherman is what I'm calling him moving forward (laughs) at 130 to one. That's my long shot. And also, I'll be taking him as a first round leader. But before we get to first round leader, that wraps up our outright betting card. Let's jump straight into our 72 hole matchups. Jared. Jared. You have been extremely hot with your 72 hole matchups this year. I know that if you're in the discord with us at, Dino you know, the pig and the NBA sweats, establish the run discord, you'll see all of the year to date profits and unit sizes. Um, so why don't you go ahead and keep the, the, the momentum rolling. What do you got this week?
1: Yeah, good call. And actually now that you said that, I mean, just to update everyone, um, I mean, may as well tell everyone the record, right? Uh, I know I keep track of it. You don't I teach their own, but I like it. I want to see this year how I could do keeping a strict record overall. Outright is uh, plus 69 units. Nice. But uh, was over 100 five weeks ago. So we got to rectify that. Actually, no, it was just shy of 100. So we got to rectify that. First round leader is minus 9.3. We got we to do better there, which is what we'll talk about later. Haven't hit a first round leader yet on the show. That will change soon. 72 whole matchups, 30, 25 plus 11 and a half units. Uh, you know we like our dogs there, which we'll get into shortly. And 18 whole matchups, 29, 20 and one plus 21.8 units. So we just laid at the match play on those 18 unit ones, won about 16 units there. So let's keep that going as well. But that's updated year to date overall plus 93.18 units. So uh, let's get back in the triple digits this year. Let's hit a winner. And let's get these matchups uh, to continue to be red hot. So with that being said, I got seven this week. Seven. And as you say, it'll be a lot of players we just talked about, actually. And I'm uh, targeting them against players that I actually wanted to fade. So that's why I had a big card this week. I like a lot of it. And we're going to start with uh, Patton Kazire, minus 115 over Luke List. Um, I just don't think this is the best course fit for Luke List this week here. Uh, I think he could struggle, especially out of the bunkers. I like that a lot with a trending player in Kazire. We're going Mito minus 135 over Davis Riley. Like you pointed out, he's a guy I wanted to target this week. Even though he lost in that playoff to Sam Burns two weeks ago at the Valspar, he lost two and a half strokes on approach. He did it all with the putter. Gained over eight strokes putting. That's something I want to fade. And I got to fade it with a guy I like, Mito Pereira. I like that matchup a lot. I was actually uh, close to being a 2x bet, but um, I decided just to stick with it being normal. Uh, Jason Day plus 135 over Bryson. We already talked about what we like about Jason Day this week. And Bryson, I don't think, uh, A, I don't think his head's here. He's just looking forward to getting in shape for next week. And B, I watched, uh, believe me, they, they like showing him a lot. He was a featured group of the match play, and he was spraying the ball all over the place. He has no control on that swing that because he's trying to swing a little easier now, which he hasn't done for a few years. So um, I like that big, juicy plus money with Jason Day. We're going with soon-to-be Mantitz, Flare Open champion, Bo Hostler. <laughs> plus 110 over pat perez just taking a guy i like against a guy i don't like um a guy that you called out earlier but i just think the number's too juicy here for who's, who's playing really well mad McNeely plus 140 over Corey connors i think Corey connors um even though he played well last week i think this is a spot where he's just kind of looking at fine-tune the game at a course he's won at going into augusta next year because he always plays augusta well I'm sure he's going to be the chalk next week, which we'll talk about in DraftKings because they released the pricing and he's $7,600. I'm sure he'll be north at 20% owned. But I digress. The last two on our 72 home matchup card Adam Hadwin, plus 100 over Keegan Bradley. Um, like that one a lot of plus money. And last but not least, C. woo, Kim, minus 120 over Tony Finau. I know I just talked up Finau a little bit, but I talked up Ceewoo even more because he's actually on my card. So that will round up my seven. Head-to-head matchups this week.
0: Yeah, I'm on a few of the same ones. So I'm on Day over Shambo That number stood out like a sore thumb. Day with everything to play for this week. Bryson with really not much except to maybe make sure that he stays healthy. There's I see a huge risk with betting Bryson in general with the withdrawal opportunity. I mean, if he anything flares up on Thursday or Friday, why not take the you know five days off? That you can get before the masters so i can see that happening very easily i'm gonna take jordan spieth your reigning champion over hideki matsuyama minus 110 i was waiting for where your exposure was on spieth oh i'm i mean first of all what's not to like about spieth here there really isn't is nothing he's a reigning champion he plays unbelievable in texas and he has a great course fit but i needed exposure I can you're not taking 14 to 1 <laughs> Jordan Speith but what you are going to do is bet the shit out of him as a two-time banger in a matchup over Hideki Matsuyama who has been battling back injuries and has taken multiple events off and has withdrawn from multiple events and is finally making his first start in quite a few weeks uh, any guy that is coming in with back problems at basically a pick 'em versus the reigning champion Jordan and, and one of the best players in the world Jordan Spieth, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna back that one. And then my, my favorite matchup of the week, and this is a good one. It's gonna be more of an entertainment one, but uh, give me a Ryan Palmer, Texas guy, over Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman, three top three finishes in the last. Uh, three, four or five years, so he dominates this track, but so does Ron Palmer. Unbelievable course uh, history. I know that he's another Texas guy. Him and Speeth are, are, I know, good friends uh, from Dallas. So, I don't know. I think it'll be a fun one. Pick them. Two guys that are really good at this course. I thought that there was... I just think Hoffman has, again, and I'm, this is a, a great way to teach people, you know, and that's why I've been profitable in my matchups, just as you have, Always try to find an edge to fade guys that are that have injury issues. I already talked about it with Bryson. I talked about it with Matsuyama. Hoffman has been withdrawing from events for the last year with back problems. So I think that there's great opportunity in a 72-0 matchup there with him. So that, those are my three matchups this week. Let's finish off our cards with our first-round leaders. Obviously, I, I had already discussed – Thursday, weather looks phenomenal all day. But, Jared, tell us who you're taking in the AM wave.
1: <laughs> How do you already know, dude? Um, good call. Actually, I was just looking for odds on one player. I don't know why I can't find it where I'm looking. But I do have two at 100-1 to that I like, and one I've already touched on on my outright card. And I like it more, actually, in first-round leader, of course. But if you can just get a hot putter for one week, Martin Laird. 100-1 to one coming off in the early mm-hmm. wave.
0: I took that, too, actually.
1: Whoa, look at you. And um, what was the other one? Oh, a guy that I like just riding. He's also another Texas boy. Uh, we haven't mentioned him yet, but in good form recently. I even debated him on my outright card.
0: Ooh, is it the same one I took?
1: Let's see. I mean, is it Jordan
0: Speed's roommate?
1: It is Jordan Speed's roommate. Look at us, man. We're on the same wow. page today. We didn't even talk about this.
0: Yeah, Jordan Speed's college roommate at the University of Texas, Kramer Hickok.
1: Namor Hickok, 100 to 1. Um, yes, please. I like that. Uh, look, we're due for a first-round leader. I hit, like, D5 five up. last year, man. Yeah, well, dude, it comes and goes. We talk about this all the time. It's a lot of volatility to this. This is why you need risk management. You need to be smart with your money. You need to just stick to the same process because um, it's a golf betting's wild. There's 150 guys to hit the guy that comes in first out of 150. You need some luck. You need some. I mean, obviously, you need skill, but you need um, a, a little luck too, no matter what. So, I don't know why I can't find him on here because I know he's in the early wave. I'm looking on Bovada. That's where I like placing my first round leaders. And I mean, I've gone through the list eight right, times. Who? So we'll just say for the purpose of our. Um, I'll book, find the odds on DraftKings. What do you? Yeah. Hundred to one. It's Peter Sunflower Pete. It's Peter line. Um, guy's been playing great. great. 100
0: to, 101 on TK.
1: Okay. So that's the third, 101, um, first round leader for me. You can throw out there because this guy has been playing fantastic. He's actually made the cut a few times on his last couple of PGA tour stops this year. The best putting surface he has is, uh, is on Bermudos, made the cut, uh, Puerto Rico, uh, Corrales Honda. And he just came in second at the corn ferry event last week, lost by one stroke. So, Guy's playing some good golf right now. He can come out early and go low. He's some power pleat, man. That's just what happens.
0: <laughs> All right. Solid first round meter card. Um, I, I'm on Laird and Hickok. Um, I'm going to throw in Saheed Tigela. The guy just – he honestly always goes low on Thursdays. It's like his day. So in, in a field like this, I, I, I could take him at some ugly odds like 60 to 1. So I like Saheed Tigela. Um, give me Garrick H to the ego. Garick Higo, the South African, at ninety-five to one. Um, I don't have a handicap. I just like the number. And
1: <laughs> lastly, give me Anthony Smotherman. Dude, I was I was being nice and I was setting the stage for you because I also took Smotherman one hundred to one. Are you kidding me? For let's go. I, his ball striking the way he's hitting the ball. Yeah, going off in the morning, of course, which is the most important part, Brandon. Um, <laughs> You throw him in there. Yeah. 101 please. And thank you.
0: All right. That wraps up our first round leader card. So that is our betting card for the 2022 Valero, Texas open. I know that we've had a lot of interest from everybody out there to talk about DFS. I haven't gotten uh, into it yet. I've been too focused on a few different things. Um, My brother, who I'm doing this podcast with just got a 10 week old puppy. So it's like having a child in the house and I wanted, I'm really trying to dig deep on the Valera Texas and get a winner here. So nothing on DraftKings on our end this week, but just for everybody out there that may not have access. If you are playing in DraftKings this week, based off of what I'm seeing on fantasy national right now, we're looking at highest Own uh, ownership projections, highest owned going to be Rory, Corey Connors, Gary Woodland, Hadwin, Kazire, Kirk, Strillman, Vegas, Mito. I mean, shit, obviously all the chalky guys that we bet on. So um, just for anybody out there that may want to be from the DraftKings perspective, a bit more contrarian. Um, Those are the guys that you're going to see at the top of the board. I'll tell you who is only coming in at 7% owned at $6,800, and that's Anthony Smotherman. So we'll uh, (laughs) we'll make sure you keep that in mind, but not going to dive too deep. I do see Jason Day at 3.3% ownership. That is probably going to be making my lineup. That's for shizzle. Let's see who else is on here while we're out here. In terms of ownership, I like Guido Migliozzi this week at 3% at 6,100, almost bare minimum. He's a guy that was ranking very well in my model. The Hogards, Rasmus Hogard, 7,900, 3%. Ricky Fowler, 7,700, 6% ownership. That'll be an interesting one. And you can even get Tony Fanu at 11%. All right, that's it. Those are the main things that stuck out to me from a draft from perspective. Jared, any parting words?
1: Um, yeah, I do just want to apologize to all our listeners um, for. I just want to make it known it was not a blatant lie. I said Martin Laird, and I was thinking of Smotherman, who I got 101. to 1. Martin Laird was only 70 to 1, all right? Was not 100 to 1. So for I all was, of you out there that's trying to call me a phony, um, I'm just, well, I wanted to clarify that first and foremost. Um, second, Brandon, is that I also had one more guy for a first round leader that I didn't mention. Another ball striking wizard who's in solid good form. You sense a trend here, but he actually is a hundred to one. And we're going with Adam Svensson, hundred to one in ball striking galore. I could see him going out low, make a few putts in the early wave. Why not? So that will round out. Those five will round out my first round leader card.
0: Yeah. His name stood out to me. I just, he didn't make the card, but all good. All right. 2022 Valero, Texas open. This was golf picks with the botnics. Good
1: luck, everybody. Go